0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's Shakespeare. I'm Dr. J. In today's episode, we'll be looking at a scene from Henry IV, Part I. Though named for the king who reigned at the time of the play, as are all of Shakespeare's history plays, the main character of the play is not King Henry IV, but rather his son, Prince Hal, who will become Henry V. As king, Henry V united the divided people of England and led them into a war with France. He achieved legendary military success, making England a world power. In his teen years, however, he led a delinquent life, or so it was popularly believed. It is as a delinquent youth that we find him in the scene from which the following exchange takes place. The exchange is between Prince Hal and a dissolute old knight named Falstaff, one of Shakespeare's greatest creations. Act Two, Scene Four, one of the longest and most complex scenes in Shakespeare's plays, takes place in a London tavern, where Prince Hal and his friends, including Falstaff, have gone after committing a highway robbery. Falstaff is many bad things. He is a petty criminal, a liar, a drunkard, a glutton, a borrower, and a deadbeat, in some a shirker of all adult responsibilities. He is also, though, full of wit and merriment and love of life. As he and Hal and Falstaff's and Hal's other friends are fooling around at the tavern, Word comes that Hal's father has decided to go to war with his enemies and has summoned Hal to the castle. Everyone knows that Hal will be questioned by his father as to how he's been spending his time, and Falstaff suggests that Hal should practice his answer. Falstaff sets himself on a high stool and pretends to be Hal's father, the king, and begins questioning Hal. As he does, he begins to speak well of himself in the voice of the king, at which point Hal declares that Falstaff isn't speaking like a king, and demands that they switch roles, with Hal becoming his own father and Falstaff taking the role of Hal. It goes unnoted that this defeats the purpose of the play acting. Hal, as his father, terribly denounces Falstaff, and Falstaff, while supposedly playing the part of Hal, can't help but defend himself and his worthiness as a friend. Hal, though, rejects him. Does he do so as his father, or as his own future self, or as his present self? Despite their apparent friendship, does Hal here reveal his true feelings toward Falstaff? And if he truly despises Falstaff, what are we to think of him in the time he has spent with Falstaff? This scene is looked at from many different perspectives, as a story of fathers and sons, as a story of coming of age, as a story of succession, as a story about the denial of life in the service of power. Even as a story of the transition from the medieval world to the modern world. Let's join the scene at the moment when Hal deposes Falstaff as his father, and himself becomes his father, with Falstaff now his son. Prince, dost thou speak like a king? Do thou stand for me, and I'll play my father. Falstaff, rising, Depose me? If thou dost it half so gravely, so majestically, both in word and matter, hang me up by the heels for a rabbit sucker or a poulter's hair. Prince sitting down. Well, here I am set. Falstaff. And here I stand. Prince as king. Now, Harry, whence come you? Falstaff as prince. My noble lord from Eastcheap, Prince as King, the complaints I hear of thee are grievous. Falstaff as Prince, blood, my lord, they are false. Prince as King, swearest thou, ungracious boy, henceforth ne'er look on me, thou art violently carried away from grace. There is a devil haunts thee in the likeness of an old fat man. A ton of man is thy companion. Why dost thou converse with that trunk of humors, that bolting hutch of beastliness, that swollen parcel of dropsies, that huge bombard of sack, that stuffed cloak bag of guts, that roasted manning tree ox with the pudding in his belly, that reverend vice, that gray iniquity, that father ruffian, that vanity in years, wherein is he good but to taste sack and drink it, wherein neat and cleanly but to carve a capon and eat it, wherein cunning but in craft, wherein crafty but in villainy, wherein villainous but in all things, wherein worthy, but in nothing. Falstaff as prince. I would your grace would take me with you. Who means your grace? Prince as king. That villainous, abominable, misleader of youth. Falstaff, that old, white-bearded Satan. Falstaff as prince. My lord, the man I know. Prince as king. I know thou dost. Falstaff, as Prince. But to say I know more harm in him than in myself, were to say more than I know, that he is old, the more the pity his white hairs do witness it. But that he is, saving your reverence, a whoremaster, that I utterly deny. If sack and sugar be a fault, God help the wicked. If to be old and merry be a sin, then many an old host that I know is damned. If to be fat be to be hated, then Pharaoh's lean kine are to be loved. No, my good lord, banish Peto, banish Bardolph, banish Poins, but for sweet Jack Falstaff, kind Jack Falstaff, true Jack Falstaff, valiant Jack Falstaff, and therefore more valiant, being as he is, old Jack Falstaff. Banish not him thy Harry's company. Banish not him thy Harry's company. Banish plump Jack, and banish all the world. Prince, I do, I will. When as children we read the story of the grasshopper and the ant, it's pretty clear that we are to be like the thrifty, industrious ant rather than the profligate partying grasshopper. Poets, though, tend to side with the grasshopper. What is the cost of growing up and becoming responsible? Is it perhaps too high? Might we not take seriously Falstaff's declaration that to banish plump Jack is to banish all the world? And if so, for what do we banish it? And so Hal's reply... I do, I will. When Hal says, I do, he is speaking, or seems to be speaking, in the guise of his father, banishing Falstaff from his son's company, so that his son can act the role he's supposed to act, that of soldier on the battlefield. But when Hal adds, I will, he isn't just repeating himself, he is telling Falstaff what is to come. And indeed, spoiler alert, when in Henry IV, Part Two, Falstaff steps before Hal, now newly crowned King Henry V, to plead on behalf of a prostitute with whom both Falstaff and Hal were goofing around just two acts earlier, but who now is in prison and threatened with whipping, the new king spits at Falstaff, I know thee not, old man, and banishes him. Is this a moment we are to cheer, as Hal has now finally grown up and accepted his adult responsibilities? Or is it a moment to lament? Has Hal, in truth, banished all the world, that is, banished the pleasure of being in the world, in order to become that which he has resisted becoming, a killer of men? A student of mine, in a paper on Henry IV, Part I, wrote that she felt Hal to be her. She, too, was between adolescence and adulthood, in no hurry to give up the one, but knowing at the same time she must. How far will she go, she wondered, in banishing Plump Jack in order to be the king she's destined to be. This was probably twenty-five years ago. I asked myself that, too, when I was her age fifty years ago. Twenty years ago, when careers were all the rage with young people, I worried that they were no longer asking that question in their eagerness to be king. Now, today, I worry that many young men, if not young women, are not asking that question because they have no intention of ever growing up, of ever rejecting Jack Falstaff. Through all these changing decades, though, one thing doesn't change the question itself, which Shakespeare so forcefully and so memorably presents. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.